Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray as you listen, God would meet you and speak to you in a personal way. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Hey guys, great to connect. I'm happy that you were able to make it this morning or this afternoon to our online service. We just pray that the Lord will bless you and speak to you and encourage you today. It's so awesome that uh, even though we're not together, we can do this. And uh, I think uh, as we do this, uh, there's a connection that happens. And I just pray that God would move in your home and uh, invade your living room or your bedroom, that you would have a great time with God. I know that you had a great time to connect and worship. And I just want to celebrate uh, all the staff at GMC that are working hard to make this happen. What a great team we have in GMC. So again, we continue to ask you to pray for us as we're praying for you as we navigate through these times. And uh, what we want to see is we want to see God fulfill His plans and uh, speak to us, reveal uh, His ways to us. And I just pray peace over you guys and, uh, and the joy of the Lord that, that you would uh, be blessed and ministered by Him as you're sp- spending more time in your families. I just pray for a special grace that you would build memories and have a great time. So I invite you just to continue to enjoy your family at the same time realize that God wants to get closer to your life. So can we open up in prayer and we'll, uh, we'll, I'll be able to share what is on my heart. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each person listening and uh, watching. I pray that you would uh, minister to them, that you would reveal yourself to them where they're at. And I know that there's no distance with you, that we are together right now in spirit. And I just pray that uh, you would reveal yourself to every heart that is watching. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we've been talking on this theme, who do you think you are? And uh, what we wanted to do was to give a snapshot of how God sees us and how the Bible describes us. And the, Bible's, uh, the Bible says a lot of things regarding his bride, regarding the church, regarding, uh, regarding us. And, and uh, I started last week to talk about uh, that we are God's masterpiece, prepared for the master's plan. And it's pretty amazing to think that we are God's masterpiece. I also share that we are, uh, like we, we can see um, a description of who we are in Psalm 139, where it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that talks about our body, that talks about us, the, the wholeness of who we are, that we were uh, well made. And when God made us, he said it was very good. But there's also uh, this new creation or this masterpiece that you find in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where it says that we were created in Christ Jesus. So there's, uh, it's two different things. It's different uh, from being... Um, made by God, fashioned by God, like it says in, in Psalm 139. And uh, the, the difference in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, is that we are created in Christ. And so, so when it comes to my identity, who am I in Christ? Well, I know that I'm a son or I'm a daughter. I, I'm loved by the Father. And uh, at the same time, I'm his masterpiece. But there's, uh, what I'd like to focus on, there's different, different images that we will touch in the, next, uh, in the next weeks. But what I'd like to talk about today is that uh, we're called priests. Hmm, pretty cool concept that we're called priests. So if you have your Bible, take a look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. The Bible calls us priests, not that we're called to live in a monastery or uh, that we have to engage ourselves in celibacy. Uh, thank God that we don't have to do that, right? Um, but, but if you're called to do that, well, blessings on you. May God's grace be upon you. But what does it mean to be a priest? What does it look like? 
So uh, we have this snapshot uh, of the calling of a priest in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. It says, As you come to him, the living stone, and that is Jesus. Jesus is the living stone, rejected by man, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, talking about us, are being built into a spiritual house to be a, a holy priesthood. And it talks about the church, that we are the church of Christ, that we are the bride of Christ, and we're called a spiritual house. And, uh, and also we're called, we are called a holy priesthood. Uh, holy priesthood means set apart for Christ. And then it starts to talk about what we're called to do, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And it's not about offering lambs or rams. It talks about spiritual sacrifices. I, I believe it refers to Jesus when he was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well that uh, God will raise up through true worshipers, those that will worship in spirit and in truth. So we're called to bring spiritual sacrifices unto God. And if you look at verse 9, it goes a little further. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, his priesthood. When it says royal priesthood, he, he's, he's the king. So we're there to serve him. We're, we're, we come under him. And then it says a holy nation, God's special possession, that, are, that we may declare the praises of him who called you or, um, out of darkness into his wonderful light. So here we see the call. It's to declare his praises. So what is the role of the priest? What is the priest for? The priest is to give praise to God. If you look at uh, the role of the priest in the Old Testament, the role of the priest in the Old Testament was to serve God at the temple, in the temple. The whole focus was about God. It was serving God, making sure that things run well, but it was all around a worship and the worship to the King, to the Lord. So here we're called to give, uh, to offer spiritual sacrifices. Like I said, it's not about um, shedding blood. It's about bringing our lives to the Lord. So what I'd like to do this morning, I'd like to share to you three, three points that refers to the priesthood that we're part of in Christ. The first one that we want to uh, <clears throat> take a hold of, uh, one of the truth that we want to see it uh, soaked in our hearts is the fact that we were made for worship. Me and you were made for worship. I'm God's masterpiece uh, for his master plan, and that involves living a life of worship. Uh, I, I was called to minister to the Lord. I was called to serve the Lord, to lift him up, to give him glory. And that is the heart of uh, uh, the foundation of serving the Lord or knowing God or being um, children of God and, and uh, having Jesus as our Lord and King. So what we want to do is we want to embrace this lifestyle of worshiping God. And, and if I don't have that right, if I don't realize that that's my primary calling, it's to live a life of worship, that, then I think I'm walking away or I'm not uh, doing, I'm not experiencing what I should experience because it's very clear in scriptures that I don't have time to go through all this because we could be here for a while. But the mandate, the calling of us for those that are his masterpiece, it's to live a life of worship. I like what it says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. Listen to that. All things have been created through him and for him. So when we look at nature, when we look at creation, especially in this time now, we're entering spring and, and the birds are, are singing and it's, we see so many people outside. It's so much fun just to experience more heat, right? Yeah, it's so amazing just to, to have a bit of summer, right? 
And uh, when we look at God's creation, we know that everything was created through him, but also everything was created for him. Wow. Not just only by him, but for him. Everything turns around or, or revolves around Jesus. And that's how our lives should be. We should uh, live our lives focused on Jesus because we were created to, for him. And this, with the same thought, uh, we have Isaiah 43, verse 21, that says, The people I form for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. So God brought the Israelites together so that, is, so that he would be praised and worshipped. Actually, when you look at the Israelites that were led out of Egypt, uh, God's intent was to get them in the wilderness so that they might worship him. So God has set a people aside so that we would be a uh, uh, priesthood uh, of believers to, uh, to worship the Lord and lift up his name. So that is kind of a mandate. Uh, we're, all, we're all priests if you know Christ. It's not like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm going to take the, uh, the ambassador one, but I'm not going to take the priesthood one. No, if you are a believer, you're automatically a priest. And the goal or the mandate of the priest, it's to lift up and worship God. So that's our calling. But there's a lot of benefits that comes from that, and I'll talk about that in a moment. I like what it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Listen to this verse. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually, not just once, not only on Sunday morning, but continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Something that you offer, something that, brings a, that, that, is, that has a cost. You bring a sacrifice of praise. And which one is this in this verse? The fruit of, of our lips that confess His name. The fruit of our lips. It's to do something. So when it comes to worship, it involves motion. It involves an action. In this verse, it talks about the fruit of our lips where we verbally worship the Lord and lift up His name. So we want to experience this. This is our calling. So it's not about, let's say, it's not about style. It's not about preference. It's not about backgrounds or denominations or whatever. It's about stepping in the call that God has for us and that is to worship the Lord. There's this, uh, there's this writing that was, uh, there was this uh, um, catechism that was written in 1646 uh, in England, the Westminster Catechism. And the catechism is usually how it functions. Is that there's a question and then there's an answer. And so what they did in 1646, the, church, the churches came together and they wrote a fundamental uh, fund, uh, foundation for their faith. And uh, the question was, why do we exist? And the answer was, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. So what they came to, according to Scripture, was, was uh, that man's chief end, man's goal, man's purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. So, so this is what we're made. We're made to, um, we're made to uh, connect with God in the way that we are called to enjoy God. And you have to realize that the role of the priest was close to God's presence in the Old Testament. So when we think about priesthood, we're talking about drawing close to God. You cannot be a priest that is distant because a priest functions in relation to, to, uh, to the focus of his adoration, and that is God. So me and you, all of us, um, we have the gift of worship. Yeah, <laughs> we have the gift of worship. So you might look at yourself and say, well, well, I don't know what my gift is, is or are. I don't have a lot of gifts. But you definitely have one gift. It's the gift of worship. You were made, set apart 
to worship God. God made you to be a worshiper. So I have that gift. I, I, I was thinking about different gifts of people in my household. And, and I look at Micheline, for example. She has a, a memory, a remarkable memory. She can memorize pages. And I remember when she was in Bible college, she would remember pages after pages. And that's not me. I was thinking about my gifting. I said, oh, what gift do I have? And I started to think about, not spiritual gifts, but more, more, more natural gifts. And I remember when I was a kid, I used to play yo-yo. You know that thing that goes up and down? And actually, I got pretty good at it. I was doing a lot of tricks and all that. So, so that is one of my gifting, by the way. It's to play the yo-yo. Uh, so I thought about bringing it, but I think my cords are all rotten now. Like, I don't know, long, it makes a while I haven't bought some cords for my yo-yo. But... Um, I believe that we all have gifts and abilities, but we have definitely all that gift, the gift of worship. You do have the gift of worship. You might not sing well. You might sing like a crow, but it's okay. A crow praises the Lord, right? It doesn't matter. Like I like to say, and you've probably heard me say that before. I believe it's all filtered when it goes to heaven. When it enters heaven, it's all filtered. I believe that in heaven, I, I sound like an angel. Mm -hmm. It's not biblical, but hey. I'll have fun, right, believing that. So I might be surprised later on, but it doesn't really matter. I know one thing is that I was called to worship and you were called to worship. So how can I grow in this, right? How can I embrace that? And this is why I want to challenge you this morning or this afternoon or this evening, that you would realize that God has set you apart to be a worshiper. And it's way more than just to worship God with your lips. It's to live a life centered around Christ where you are raising Him up where you have this desire to glorify His name. I was made for that. That's my calling. I cannot uh, live Christianity without having that before my eyes because the heart of my Christian walk is about seeing, be, seeing Jesus be lifted high, right? So we want to say that. So it's dangerous for us to forget that point, to forget that we, were, that we are called, that we were called to be worshipers. And when I read to you 1 Peter chapter 2, the context of this book or this letter that Peter wrote was to a church that was going through persecution. Hmm. I think about uh, COVID uh, that we're going through and uh, all the, the uncertainties and the fears and all of that. How will it look in the future and all, all, the, all the things that comes in play. And uh, it's kind of funny because when I was looking at this, I was saying if, 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 if uh, Peter told the church to remember their calling in a time of crisis, how much we're called to remember our calling in the days that we live. It's not even comparable because they, they were uh, laying their lives down. And, and Peter reminds them that, hey, you have this awesome privilege and calling to be a priest. So as he writes this letter to encourage the church through suffering and persecution, he told them, hey guys, you have this awesome calling, this awesome privilege, and that is to worship God. God has made you you, his holy nation, uh, uh, royal priesthood. And uh, so this is who we are. So I think it's important in the season that we are in today to realize that it doesn't matter what happens on our right and on our left. What our call, our call, what our call is, it's to give him glory and make sure that we, that we keep our focus because there's a lot of distraction, right? To keep our eyes on the altar and the perfecto of our faith. That's our calling, and we want to live this like this because uh, there's a lot of benefits, and I'll, enter, I'll talk about that in a moment. So what we want to do is we want to be this royal priesthood that focus on God doesn't matter the situation or circumstances. 
And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, it says, just after what I've just read earlier, it comes after, it says, Dear friend, I urge you, dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers into the world, realizing that we're just passing by. But as we're passing by, our call is to give glory to God, to be His holy priesthood. Wow. You think about Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, verse 16, where Paul and Silas were in prison. And what did they do? You know the story, right? They worship, they praise God, and God came to the rescue. But you see what they went to? They went to praise, they went to worship in their situation because I really believe that they caught their mission. Their mission was to give glory to God by what they were doing because as they went as ambassadors, they were worshiping God, fulfilling what they were called to fulfill. But even when it did not turn out as maybe what they thought, they were in a prison, and what they did is they verbalized their praise and their worship. You see, that is the mandate. That is our calling. We are priests, and we're called to give glory to God. And it doesn't come always naturally. You have to align yourself. You have to stop sometimes and say, whoa, back, right? And we got to say, okay, am I, am I focusing on God? Am I living a life of worship and praise? So that's the calling, right? So I was made for worship. And so we are made for worship. So, so that's one of the things we need to take a hold of when it comes to the truth that we are priests, okay? So remember this, you are made for worship and you are a worshiper. Secondly, uh, worship needs to be in view of God's mercy also. So first we are called to be worship, we're called to be worshipers, but worship is in view of God's mercy, really is. When you think about what God has done for us, when you stop about all what God has orchestrated, made happen for me to be reconciled with Him. And I talked about that last week when it comes to uh, His masterpiece, that we are His masterpiece, what God has done. God has made us His masterpiece through the work of the cross and the resurrection and through the power of the Holy Spirit that made it possible and real for us, to us. In Romans chapter 12, 12, verse 1, we see this type of worship that we're called to do based on God's mercy. It says, therefore... Awesome text, awesome verse. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, to do what? To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Look what it says. This is your true and proper worship. Wow. Paul says here that the true and proper worship is to lay your life at His feet and to offer your body. That means your whole being as a living sacrifice, saying, God, I give this to you. And when you look at the word um, uh, offer in the Greek, it, it talks about continuously, not just offer it, not, not just to offer your life once, but all the time. It's like getting up in the morning and say, God, I, I'm laying my life at your feet today. Here I am. I, I, I want to live a life of worship. And you, you do your life like this. Uh, during the day, you remind yourself, God, hey, I'm here, to, uh, uh, I'm here for you. It makes me think, it's not in my nose, but it makes me think, think about the early church, what, what they did when it comes to Lord, the Lord's Prayer. They would uh, recite the Lord's Prayer three times a day. And the purpose of that was to remind themselves that it was all about Father's business. It was not out of tradition or ritual. It was to remind her, okay, I'm here for that. I'm here for you, Father. I'm here to depend on you. I'm here to see your kingdom come and your will be done. Uh, making, make sure that they were aligned with uh, what, what God had in store. 
So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says that we, he urges us to lay our life at his feet because of his mercy. Wow. I think that's the way we're called to live, right, guys? Honestly. It's when it comes to my family, to be real, like my family will see that Claude is the same at church or behind the camera than at home, that I, I would be, uh, I, I would be um, motivated to live a life of worship, that everything that I do, all that I am would be focused on, on worshiping God. And that, that in my relationship, that would, be, that would show, in my choice of career or my planning and my business, that it would show that my focus is on raising, lifting, uh, honoring the name of the Lord, where I live a life of honor, where I live a life of worship towards Him. And that's what we want to see, right? You think about Genesis chapter 22, it's the first time that we see the word worship. And uh, it's linked to Abraham uh, bringing his son, where he offers his son to, to God. What, a, what, a, what an image. The first time you hear the, or you, you read worship in the Bible, it's linked to offering, um, surrender, giving to God. And we know the, that, that, that story, right, where Abraham really loved his son, and God wanted him to to offer it to him so that, so that the heart of, of, uh, of Abraham was toward God so that he would fulfill the calling that God has placed on his life. And we know the story that uh, God revealed himself to, to Abraham and the ending was fantastic. But the thought that the first mention of worship in the Bible is linked to offering, right? And offering your best. So as believers, we need to think about that. How am I living my life? Am I living my life fully for the honor of his name? And I know when it comes to the from a ruler from zero to 100, uh, it's probably never zero and never 100. But where do, I, where do I stand in there? So my challenge for you is that you would, that you would live a life of worship. And uh, there's a text to you that I want to read just when it comes to how, how can we worship. Uh, it's Psalm 57. And there's a lot of Psalms I, I could have used, but I really like this one because it has different words that refers to worship. So if you, ha if you have your Bible, take a look at Psalm 57, verse 7 to verse 9. I'm going to read it from the ESV. It says, My heart is steadfast, O God. And steadfast means I'm, it's ready. It's rooted. It's ready to move forward, but it's well established. My heart is steadfast, uh, in the Lord. Oh God, my heart is steadfast. Then it says, then he says, I will sing. And the word sing is sheer in Hebrew. And that means to express one through oneself through words as you're verbalizing words to God. And then it says, it says, I will sing sheer and make melody. And the word melody is zamor. It talks about hitting the strings. It talks about using your gifts. Okay. In verse eight, it says, awake my glory. I'll talk about that in a moment. Then it says, Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks. And that is yada, not yoda, okay, but yada. And yada means lifting of hands. That's what it literally means. I will lift up my hands in his name. I will give thanks. We have thanks, but in the original, it really says lifting of hands. Uh, to you, O Lord, among the people. And it says, I will sing. Same word as, uh, as melody, zamor, praise to you among the nations. You know what he's saying at the end here? He's saying that you're using your gift as a praise to God to reach the nations. 
I, I'm talking to people here that have a ton of gifts, better than the yo-yo one I have. And uh, you have gifts in business, in speech, you have creativity, and, and you can turn this to worship. Mm -hmm. According to that word, zamar, is you use your gift and your abilities for the glory of God, and it reaches the nations. Pretty cool, right? So, so when you look at this psalm, you, you, you see, you see uh, Shir that talks about singing, you see Yada that talks about the lifting of hands, and you see Zamor that it talks about using your gifts for His glory. My prayer is that you would use uh, your gift for His glory. And then you have, if you go back to the text, verse 8, it says, Awake my glory. Awake. And what does it mean, awake my glory? Awake my glory. And the word glory in Hebrew is kabod. It means kabod. And what it means in English, it's to bring your weight. It talks about your whole being, your essence. So, so the psalmist here, the psalmist is saying that as you go before God, you're called to bring your weight. You're called to bring your, your essence. It's approaching God with your glory, with your essence. It talks about um, coming fully. I don't know if you ever play with your kids and you are on top of your kids and, you, and you're wrestling with your kids. Most of the time, well, you shouldn't. Well, maybe with my kids, I would use my weight because they're probably heavier than me. But what you do is you always hold back when it comes to your weight, right? Uh, when when you, you think about putting your weight into something, it talks about being fully in, right? You go fully in. And that's how we're, we're called to treat worship, to go all in, where you go with all your weight. It's not just a lip service. It's not a distant. It's not a timid approach. You go and you come with all your weight, you see? And that's the image that we have when it comes to uh, kabod. You come with all your weight. I'll give you an illustration uh, that happened last week. We had an elder board meeting on Wednesday. And what we usually do is that we start, we have four songs of worship. Two that we worship and two that uh, we, we, we pray and we, yeah, we pray together. And um, so we started to sing our songs. And, uh, it's, and by the way, just want to bless the, our elders for their work and their support. Uh, we have a great elder board. And I'm really gr grateful for these, for these great men and, and also for their wives. Um, but when it comes to uh, this, what I'm trying to say here, I am just took a rabbit trail here. Uh, like we were ha having a time of worship, and, and John Friesen is one of our elders and also part of staff. He's our executive pastor. And he started to worship God. And uh, he started to go in, and he brought his kabod to God. He brought his weight, and you could see. And then he was a little louder than us, and that was fine. It was super. And he started to go in. And at one point, the presence of God was upon him. And I know that he was holding back. He was holding back, but he came in with all of his weight. You see, he didn't hold back. But the beauty with this is that when you come with all of your weight, God comes with his weight too, with his glory. You see, I, I want to see his glory in my life. I want to see his glory in my house. I want to see his presence. I want him to move. I know that's your desire. But what is necessary for me to see his presence, to see the flow of his spirit, and to see the manifest presence in my, in my life, in my house, and around me, is when I come with my weight. So when I don't come with my weight, I'm, I'm holding back, I'm holding on, I, I, I'm not being free, I'm not being fully engaged. And uh, maybe you're here, maybe you went through worship this morning, laying on your bed. And maybe you didn't open your mouth, maybe you just enjoy, and it's good, I'm not saying it's bad. 
But, but the thing is, I, I guarantee you that if you approach God by bringing all your weight, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen in your life. Something's going to happen over your life. And, and it's going it's to change your culture. It's going to change your climate over your home. If we as a people draw close to God with all of our weight, oh, it's going to be amazing to see. Our kids will see God on us. But the problem is we don't come with all of our weight, right? Be, being honest here. We, we don't come with all of our weight. We come portion. We, we worship from a distance. I, I challenge you as a priest, because that's who we are. Who do we think we are? We are priests. And a priest is supposed to come before God with all of his weight. And this is where God steps in. So, so what we want to see is, um, we want to see his presence. In 2 Chronicles 5, verse 12, I won't read it, but it talks about the priests were there preparing to worship, and they started to sing, The Lord is good in his mercy and us forever. And the glory of God, the same word came. Uh, Kabod came, but it was the glory of God. And he couldn't, they could not play anymore because the presence of God was so thick. It was kind of a cloud. You see, God meets my Kabod. God meets, meets my glory, my, my, my heaviness, my weight. When I come with God with heaviness, ah, fully, he meets that. That's what I would like to see. That's the heart I wanted to share to you this morning because uh, today because I believe that we're called to enter God in this way with all of our weight. And this is where God moves. I, I think it's time for us to recalibrate. It's time to press the, uh, the, the, the restart and say, hey, am I living my life towards God with all of my weight or just porcely or just a little bit? Come on, people. May we go before God with all of our weight. May that be a conviction in my heart, in your heart, not to hold back, to go fully in and experience Him fully. And I believe there's going to be dividend and things will happen when we come with our essence and when we come with our weight. Mm, that's my heart to you this morning. The last point this morning, what is worship? Well, what happens in worship um, is worship is trans- transformational. When I come into his presence, when I come with my weight, something happens. I like what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 from the ESV. It says, and we all, that means me and you, right? And we all, so it's, it's inclusive. It, it's all of us. It's not like, oh, not me. It's all of us, right? It says, and we all with unveiled face because of what Jesus did. He, the, the veil is open. We can approach the holy of holy. It says, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, seeing the glory of the Lord, and being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, from glory to glory. For this comes from the Lord who is a spirit. Here it says that we all, all of us, as we behold His presence, we're being transformed. Wow. As you come with all your weight, and you say, God, I'm all in. I'm living for you. I'm worship you in spirit. I'm worshiping you in spirit and truth. I'm not holding in, what holding back. What happened is that you see him, and as you see him, you're being transformed by his presence. So that's that's what it says. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding, seeing the glory of the Lord, and are being transformed. Wow, being transformed. So when I bring my essence and my weight, something happens. What, what worship does, it brings perspective and proximity. That's what worship does. It brings perspective and proximity. When I say perspective, it, it changes your views. 
Because let's say you see your problem and you're overwhelmed by the problem and yet you have a legitimate problem, but then you turn to God and God is bigger than your problem. Then the storm that you're seeing it, it might now be a storm in a glass of water, but before it was your whole world because God is bigger. So when you enter in worship, it influences, it affects your perspective. It really, really does, you see? So that's why it's important for us to live a life of worship. Yeah, by the way we live, but also to take a time to focus on Him because we discover how big our God is. So it plays on your perspective. And also, worship is also proximity. Is that when you worship, you're getting closer. You're entering His throne room. You see? You're not staying in the outer court. You're entering His throne room. It becomes, you become, you come right at His feet. Let, let's say, God is always there. God is always present. Present. You cannot run away from God's presence. Wherever you will go, He's going to be there. That's the word, the, the word says. But there's also another level when you draw close to God. When you bring your weight. When you focus on Him, there's a closeness. There's a presence that's, that comes. There's a reality of God that comes on you. You enter His throne room. This is where faith arises. You see? Faith comes. It's birth when you experience Him. This is where you see Him, you get close to Him, and God arises in you, and then you have the ability to obey and fulfill your, your calling. This is where peace and joy is experienced. You have supernatural peace and joy when you enter His throne room. There's a sense of tranquility because you're in the room of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one that makes the earth His footstool. Wow. Something happens when you experience this presence. Peace and joy. Freedom and confession happens too. Because when you experience God, you want to lay your sins. When you experience His presence and you experience putting your weight, throwing your weight in the equation, what happens is that there's a conviction, there's a grace that falls on you, that bubbles in your heart, that causes you to surrender and give your sin. And this is where we should go. The last place you want to do, the last thing you want to do when you're dealing with sin is to go and worship. But actually, it should be the place we go because this is where God ministers to us. So when we bring our weight, our genuineness, or the reality of who we are, the essence of who we are, this is where God comes and moves and brings a conviction and also brings a freedom. Mm. Hey, people, it's so amazing. What an awesome privilege we have to be priests. I'm a priest, you're a priest. And we're a part of this priesthood and our calling is to glorify God through the way we do life, but also by putting our weight towards Him. Hmm. I was made for His presence and you you are made for His presence. Uh, The goal of us existing is to walk with God and experience Him. I like what it said in Psalm 42 verse 1 and I'd like to end with this verse. As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? We're made for that. We're made for God. We're made to pant for God, for thirsting for God, longing for God. Like, when can I go and meet with God? 
I, I just pray that I would have that in my bones. When can I meet with God? Where I'm longing to be with God. I want to be with Him. I want to worship Him. I want to adore Him. I want to uh, be at His feet and, and just surrender and bend in His presence, acknowledge Him and, and love on Him. When I come with all my weight in His presence, this is what we're called to do. And the thing is, we might not be able to come and do worship here as a church, but you can have that in your home. You can create a pattern for your kids, for your household, of what it looks and what it means to put your weight in worship. That's my prayer for you. You know, guys, we were made for that. If you're watching today, you're watching and, and you, you, you do not know God or you walked away from God, God planned you so that you would be with them, that you would experience them. You need to know God or you need to come back to him. Please come back because this is where you'll find true joy and peace and satisfaction because God made you for him. God didn't make, make, make you just to, uh, just to roam over the, over the earth and, and acquire wealth and, and pleasure. God made you for him. And as you enter in your calling, it's going to fill the void. Come back to him. Draw back to him. Like I said, maybe you're not, maybe you're not five on the scale to zero to, to 100. Maybe at, you're at 35. Well, there's way more room for you to draw close. So if you, if you walked away from the Lord, I invite you, remember, know that the reason why you exist, it's to know him and to experience him. Secondly, I, I pray that you would embrace who you are as a priest. That you would see yourself as a priest. That you would step in, in the priesthood. The Bible calls us a priesthood, that you would become a priest. That you would live for his fame, for his glory. That you would live to lift the name up of, the, the name up of, of Jesus. That's, I pray that would be uh, a conviction or something would, would happen in our hearts when it comes to that. And also that you would approach him with your weight. Not just approach him with your lips. Not just for medicine, but you would approach him with your weight. That you would press the restart button. That you would recalibrate your life. Recalibrate your life. The settings. That's my prayer for you. And that you would experience Psalm 42 that says, I thirst for you like a deer pants for water. When can I be with you, Lord? That's my prayer. Church, we were made for God's presence. We are called priests of the Most High. Can we live out our priesthood? May we be a people that pursues God and that lives for His glory. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the GMC podcast. For more information about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful week.